This is Fine Tornation. Fine Tornation. This is every kid's this dream. Is every kid's dream. Bottom every of the ninth. Bottom Base is loaded. Base three, loaded. Two counts. Base three, two counts. Three, two counts. Never again will you Never see a player again. this good. Hey, what's good, Pine Tar Nation? This is your host, Gonzo, with your co-host, Ricky V. Say what's up. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hey, so it's been hot. Fourth of July just passed and a bunch of fireworks in illegal areas. But nonetheless, it was fun. And um, we get to enjoy what what we call, you know, uh, American independence. Well, it sounds to me where I live, American independence is for like all year long. Because for some reason, people think it's cool to pop fireworks all year long. Oh, yeah, they'd be doing Randomly, that. Randomly. I, I don't know why. It's just... It's very annoying, to be honest. Um, but I'm considering growing up, I used to do the same thing, so... <laughs> <laughs> we used to pop those bottles. Yep. Yep, right. so I can't really say nothing. Well... When 4th of July comes around, we understand that it's around the time when we start talking about trades, we start talking about the All-Star game, we start talking about, you know, who's going to make it, who's not, or at least who's looking like they're going to make the playoffs or who's not going to make the playoffs. At least we get a clearer picture. Um, yes, it, so, becomes, it becomes more apparent. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're going to get to the All-Star game um, in the near future in this podcast, but I kind of want to go over some teams that that have some question marks, right? And, and you know, there's there's a bunch of teams that we can go in, in depth in and, and try to figure out why is it that they're in the situation that they're in or what what teams are in the situation that they're in because they're doing so great. But uh, first team I want to talk about, it's a high-paying team, the New York Yankees. They are 42-41 and 41 in their division. They're 10, 10 games behind Boston. And it's not looking so great for them. Give me your opinion on the Yankees. I think they just need to keep going. There is no trading away anybody. There's there is no you know starting over. Nothing. Now there is one contract in particular. But this one's going to be very hard. It's a Stanton contract. And since they, you know, he got a big contract. Jim Carlos Stanton got a big old contract. And when the Yankees went after him and, and traded for him, I mean, don't get me wrong. Jim Carlos Stanton was MLB's future. You know, he was the top guy hitting 60 home runs. You know, the biggest fear at the plate. But he has not lived up to that hype. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dog on his performance. The problem is he's not there to perform because he's hurt all the time. 
that's what makes it hard. Like, who wants to take a guy with that much money that doesn't play on the field? So, that's a lot of money. That that's the, that's my whole point. Is that that's a lot of money tied into one guy that's not even playing for you. Now, if you take that money that he has and distribute it somewhere else around the field, the Yankees could be could be looking very differently. And I don't know this for a fact, right? Which is the whole Garrett Cole situation. But Garrett Cole hasn't pitched that great the last couple last couple starts since, aka, you know, the crackdown, right, on the sticky stuff. Now, does that mean he's guilty? We really don't know. Maybe he's just going through a slump. Maybe he's just going through this phase. Um, also, didn't help that Corey Kluber is gone, right? That he's not there, healthy. Um, so pretty much, and you know, and we talked about this in the beginning of the uh, of the podcast, um, earlier podcast where we mentioned, you know, we all we both. I'm not really sure. I think we both picked the Yankees to win the East. I think, and the, but the only downfall was can their pitching staff stay healthy, and it it hasn't loved it, even though. The starters they got were doing some damage, but once again, injuries. So that's that's kind of like it's kind of why I see the Yankees, but they should not stop and bring them down. Especially at the end of the day, you are the Yankees. You cannot sell off when you own the Yankees. No, you just gotta figure it out, make some trades, and hopefully it works out. And then you got the whole off season to figure it out again. Yeah, I mean, first, I actually chose Toronto to win the division. Oh, right, right. You did choose Toronto. Yeah, and, <laughs> and not only that, but nobody expected Boston to be doing what they're doing. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say expected true. because, no, we didn't. not that we didn't expect. We actually said that Boston can be a team that that performs very well if they could get some pitching because we did, we did mention how their offense was good. And remember, we didn't even talk about J.D. Martinez. So we did have an idea of what Boston could do, but we didn't. We weren't too certain that it was going to happen the way it did this year. Tampa Bay was one of the teams that I really dogged on, and and they're performing. But um, going back to the Yankees, um, I agree. I, I think, like you said at the end of your comment, was it's Yankees at the end of the day. They can't sell off, right? They just signed DJ LeMahieu again, and he's underperforming compared to what he's done in the past couple of years. And I think it's just a matter of him coming back. Giancarlo Stanton has been healthy recently, but he needs to start performing at his capability in order to even make a difference while he's actually healthy. Because what's the point of being healthy if he's not performing the way he's supposed to? Um, Luke Voigt just came back. Um, you know, he was a home run champ last year with, um, I think, Nelly Cruz. And, you know, these are all guys that need to perform at their level regardless of if the team overall is struggling with injury, right? Because what's the point of, um, you can't just wait for everyone to come back and be healthy in order to start performing. You need to win as many games as possible now. And that's the issue here is that they're almost at a 500 level playing with the team they have. And, you know, you're talking about a stacked lineup with Aaron Judge still and they're performing the way he's supposed to. You know, they got you, we, have, we could go over Glaber Torres, uh, Gary Sanchez has been performing offensively a little better this year and you know you just keep going down the line and 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 these are this is a team that shouldn't be struggling as much as a team offensively 
Um, you see, like you said, Corey Kluber went down. Garrett Cole, you know, I mean, he's going to keep you in the game regardless. So I think expecting Cole to do everything on the pitching staff, you know, I mean, you can only do so much. You know, Chapman has been doing so good in, in the bullpen. And Severino had a, a setback. He had a setback, so don't even count on his presence in the rotation. Um, but like you said, you can't stop pursuing the win as a Yankee. You're not losing. You're not Baltimore record, right? You're still in it, technically, if you go on a hot streak. Next thing you know, you're only four games behind, and all of a sudden you have your team healthy and, and you're in it. So no way. No way the Yankees could stop. Um, in that regard, we have another team in the American League that I wanted to speak on was Seattle. Now, Seattle, the only reason I want to speak of Seattle is because, um, you know, they're, they're the, like the middle child, right? They never get spoken of because they're a team that's always in the middle of the pack. You feel like they're going to do something, and then all of a sudden they drop off tremendously. And Seattle's actually performing a little better than expected for this point of the season because usually they'll start off really hot, and then they they fall off towards the middle. But this time it's like, well, we're doing okay, and it's the middle already. So what do you think about them? You know, Seattle's very, very interesting because when was it? Um, was it 2019 and 2020 where they got off to, like, these huge, tremendous, like, starts where they're doing phenomenal and everybody's like, damn, Seattle's for reals. And then here comes midseason and they're not even spoken of anymore. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, and, you know, considering their record, I mean, they're five games above 500, and they are, I mean, to be honest, it weren't for the Houston Astros kind of taking off almost with that, um, with that division. You know, they're only about four games back out of Oakland for second place. Which is really not that bad, and especially being here in July, um, they are very interesting because they don't have a lot of money committed to players, and they have a lot of um, how can I put it, um, homegrown core players that are still being developed as well. Obviously, with one of them being Mitch Haniger, uh, Mitch Haniger has you can see a huge upside on him. I mean, when who knows when that breakthrough comes, or if it ever comes? You know, it happens to ball players. Um, also, uh, there was his name. Uh, I'm probably gonna bomb this name. Uh, Kikuchi, right? That's yeah, that's made, how you he say. He made the All Star game. Right now, he did make the All Stars. Um, but I think he's still adjusting to this league, trying to figure it out. So I, I just think that Seattle is in a. I think Seattle is in a good position. To even let's just say, right? Let's just say they finish the season with the 500 plus record. Um, let's just say they don't make the playoffs. But it is a good position to be in if you're a Seattle Mariner fan for sure, because you can build on top of that. Now, if it comes 2022 and you just go down, well, that's because you didn't do the right moves. Now it's all about making the right moves. Is it is went, it right moves or is it keep? Keep producing these young talents. Um, the number one prospect in in um, in Seattle, he came up. Uh, what is his name? K- K- yes. K- Kalenic. You know. Sure. 
he's uh all these weird last names like you know it's just yeah so he he he's one of those players that's that's a promising player one of those top prospects in their farm system and he he should be performing for them in the near future they got jp yeah, crawford think, right i think so, i think it's a bit of both so now my question is i think you kind of answered it right now was do you keep working more towards the rookies coming up or do you start building towards a good team next year i i think it's a bit of both because um you can't stop producing you can never stop producing you know uh if you look at the top clubs they always seem to have a new rookie coming up a new prospect coming up always always and always obviously you know we were talking about you know the Dodgers and Rays, why they've been so good for so long is because of that same reason. They always have somebody coming up. Now, Seattle could be that next one if they keep producing. They don't take away from, you know, from their prospects to go get with this one player. Get rid of profit to get this one player. But like, no, you can do that. That's fine. Who you spend it on is very key. Now, if you keep producing these young guys and let them develop bring up a guy or two from your minor leagues but at the same time that's not going to be enough to beat oakland to beat houston you might have to go and spend some more money just like you did with kikuchi and go get another pitcher go get another bat you know go see what your holes are internally and externally you can't do one or the other so it's all about figuring out what you need and going getting it somehow right. some way all right so we we kind of agree the fact that they're probably not going to make a push for the playoffs this year even though they're doing okay I don't think so um but they should continue building and the bright looks better if they make the right moves because remember we've had this before where they're moving up and then they completely fall because the yeah. moves are not the right moves so so seattle make the right moves uh another team that i want to talk about we're moving over to the national league now um and the, these are the ones that kind of uh, make me cringe in a way because it's it's almost like we saw it coming and or no we never saw it coming and they came and now we're seeing what's supposed to happen okay let me let me let me uh, give you I have re- I already uh, I already have an idea what you're talking about already all right what'd you think? What team do you either you're, about? Is, is either you're talking about the Cubs or the Nationals? <laughs> All right, I'm talking about the Cubs. Yeah. All right, the um, Cubs. Yep. Um, hold on. The Cubs have no, nine no. losses in a row. Right? Yeah. They're at 500 now. Remember, they were in first place most yeah. of the, the beginning of the season. Okay. That is so, really crazy. So the thing is here is that we never thought the Cubs were going to be in first place, but you got to give them kudos where they deserve it, right, when they were in first place. Um, now, we are seeing their true colors, and the true when I say true colors, I mean they're starting pitching. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. You know, um, and and not only they're starting pitching, but their offense. Rizzo's not himself. Baez is he's he produces what he's supposed to produce, right? So it's not it's not that he's not himself, but as an overall team, besides Chris Bryant. It's very hard to watch, and I don't think it's going to get any better. I actually think it's going to get worse. 
And I also think that Chris Bryant will be moved or even Javi Baez will be moved before uh, the tread deadline is over. That is very interesting. I, st- I still remember us talking about the podcast, right? We literally were talking about the Cubs and we said that, no, you need to go for it. But I still remember my last statement that I talked about them. I said, if you're not going to win it all, you should move on. Well, something like that. Remember that part? Mm-hmm. And here they are. They throw a no-hitter and they lose nine in a row. That is crazy right there. And, man, it's, it's crazy how fast. Two weeks ago, everybody's like, the Cubs, the Cubs, the Cubs. And two weeks later, it's like, what happened to the Cubs? Well, I think this one's very easy to say what happened just because this was expected. You know, the Giants are a team that's doing good. And, and we're like, okay, the pitching is holding up. They're, they're putting up numbers higher than expected. But see, they are pitchers that have produced good numbers before. Now, the Cubs, they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody that, that you can say, hey, if these guys get it together, oh, they can dominate. No, they don't have that. They don't have that at all. No, they don't have that. How can I put it? That go-to guy. Um, and that's the problem. They I need mean, more. They, they need more than just a go-to guy. They got Davis was okay. Davis is a good four or five guy, right? Sure, and any team will take him. Then you got Jake Area thinking he's gonna go back to his form that he was when he was in the Cubs. And Hendricks hasn't really been that guy other than what his Cy Young year. Um, but you know, <sighs> you can't you can't compete with that. You can't. I'm sorry. It's, even it's not even if even it's if they even if they pitch at the highest level possible in their possible careers, they will not be able to keep up with some of these rotations that are out there. They can't. So the question is, who is leaving? Oh, I just told you. Javi Baez should be leaving. And Chris Bryant, if they don't ask for too much, because Chris Bryant is one of those that could leave. Chris Bryant is one of those that they could extend. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure what they're going to do is say, hey, you know what? I'm going to request these kind of prospects. Okay, I got this prospect. No, I want this one and this one and a B-level prospect as well in order for you to take Chris Bryant and have the uh, first round of negotiations with him because he's the type of player that you extend, right? So so I think the Mets are going to put up a high – I mean the Mets. The Cubs are going to put up a high um, trade value for Chris Bryant in the hopes that they get something crazy back. But their goal, would it will be to extend Chris Bryant. Because out of all the three, you got Rizzo, you got Javi Baez, and Chris Bryant. Who's the main one you want to extend to continue to build around? And I think that's Chris Bryant. Yeah, you definitely don't want to do it with Rizzo. He's old. He's the oldest of the three, right? Yep. Um, Javier Baez. I can see Javier Baez. But see, he's not the type of player you build your team around. He's the type of player that 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 kind of helps the rest of the core guys. You know, he's the type of guy. That's the type of guy he is. I don't know that 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 defense that short. That's um, that's something you can't really just go and replace it tomorrow. No, you can't. But um, see that but dynamic. See, but but the but the 
value that Chris Bryant brings offensively and also the versatility he has going to the outfield and play, being able to play third and at a high level defensively, that can't be replaced. You cannot replace a player that can do both at a very high level than just one side at a very high level. Because Javi Baez could hit a home run. He could steal a base. He can make things happen here and there. And his defense is invaluable. But at the same time, Chris Bryant just brings it at a more consistent level. So it sounds to me that Rizzo's gone. Javier Baez is going to be gone. But Chris Bryant, you think he might be the one that stays in Chicago? Well, if, 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 the, if the Cubs don't get what they're asking for, and from in my eyes, I can picture it being very high. Most teams okay. are not going to want to give up too much. Okay, so obviously if Chris Bryant's name is out there in trade rumors, right? And he, they already have a history of not really liking, especially this, this arbitration case that he went through. You know, considering that he felt like he was left out, do you really think that Chris Bryant resigns with the Cubs with all this going on? With the fact that they wanted to trade him and then they didn't get what they wanted, but oh, now we're going to extend you. Like, it's a two way street. Just because you want to extend the guy doesn't mean he wants to resign. I get it, but at the end of the day, the money is the money, right? And if the Cubs, look, and it, it, this goes to Rizzo too, right? If the Cubs want to spend money and they, they understand the value that these guys bring, they'll give them the value that they're worth. Now, if they look at Rizzo and say, hey, you know, I want to extend them, but, you know, it has to be a, a, a home discount. And Rizzo says, I'm sorry, I want to stay here, but I can't do that. My value is higher. Or even if the value is not higher, right? You don't want to give a, a a home discount just because. And if the Cubs look at it that way, then they're going to be in trouble in the sense of not being able to keep these guys. Because Chris Bryant is a valuable asset, and he's going to get paid. If the Cubs lag it on it and say, hey, you know what? We're only going to be able to give you $25 million a year. Chris Bryant's going to walk, regardless if he wants to stay or not. But on the flip side, well, like you, you asked me right now, if the Cubs say, okay, Chris, we're going to give you $35 million a year for eight years. Chris Bryant is going to take the deal. And I just said eight years just at the top of my head. But I'm saying if they give him the annual value that he is looking for, he's not going anywhere. He's going to stay exactly where he's at. But it's up to the Cubs. Yep. About to say, at the end of the day, it's up to the Cubs. But for sure, one of those three are leaving. For sure, for sure. Especially the right. way they're going right now. Well, not only that. Um, other than the Cubs, the other thing that I was thinking about was the Washington Nationals. Same thing. They were on top of the world, and it just dropped off. But they are playing in the East that's very, very weak. <laughs> is the possibility <laughs> is the possibility of Max Scherzer still being traded very, very high, or is it still very, very low? Look, it's funny that you say that they're in a weak division in the East because uh, we mentioned this before. The East was supposed to be one of the strongest divisions. Look, same thing as the Washington Nationals, the same thing as the Philadelphia Phillies. They were both on top of the world. Not on top of the world as in they were in first place, but they had the traction to to make a push to to take over the division. 
And I, we talked about it last week about the Washington Nationals, and we said, hey, they're doing so good. They're they're pushing forward. And but but we did talk about it. We said, look, the next couple series that they have are against really good teams. That's going to show the true colors on who they really are as a team and can they compete against these tough teams. And guess what happened? They lost. They didn't win. As a matter of fact, right now, as we speak, they're playing San Diego. You know, so they didn't make it through the through the week playing tough teams. And now they're playing another tough team in San Diego. So it's not looking good for the Nationals, regardless of, of you know, what's going to happen moving forward. Now, if they don't continue winning, which... Which it's just proved to me, if I the way I look at it is, you know, you have to prove to me that you can beat good teams, that you can win on a consistent basis, even if you don't win, you know, three out of four series, maybe, you know, you break even at 50-50, then okay, at least you're showing some battle, but they're not showing me anything. Offensively, defensively, um, Schorber was destroying the ball, and I think that's had a lot to do with, uh, uh, you know, a good streak that they went through. Uh, Shorber um, actually went down, unfortunately. But if Shorber was what they needed to make that push, you know, he's down. And if they need somebody to hit seven home runs in a week just to win, that's not good enough. That's not good enough to win the rest of the season. That's not good enough to win in the playoffs. So I'm sorry, Nationals, but Scherzer, to me, is going to be gone by the time they're done playing the San Diego Padres. Mm, very interesting. I have no debate on that. It's the same way I see it. It is what it is. I'm hoping it happens. I want to see the big, uh, big shocker news when I'm just working. All of a sudden, I said Max, Max Scherzer traded to so and so club. I'm like, what? All right, all right. I we did it, this I one. We, be good. we did this one already. With the teams right now, the way they are right now, where does Max Scherzer go? We're gonna do this every week. Where does Max Scherzer go? Right Dodgers. now. No, let's not go. Let's not go over there to the Dodgers side. Well, there's a reason, you know, but. All right. What's the reason? We don't know what's going on with Trevor Bauer. And the Dodgers have been known to trade prospects for a good pitcher. A.K.A. Yu Darvish, Manny Machado. So you're saying right now how everything is looking. The best scenario for a trade with the Nationals will be to the Dodgers. It depends, obviously, on the on the prospects. But all that I'm saying is the Dodgers have done it before. You know who I think he's going to? Right now, as we speak. And, and, and people know that I'm a Dodger fan, but you know who they're going to? The Giants. San Diego? Oh. No, the Giants. <laughs> why, why the Giants? Remember, we yes, talked about the this. Giants? We talked about this. Um, uh, Farhan? Went from the Dodgers to the Giants. He brought the same kind of structure to the Giants. And why wouldn't he be willing to trade for someone like Scherzer when his pitching staff is already good and his offense is doing what they're doing? Why wouldn't you want to bring in a pitcher when they do have the budget coming off of next year? That's all coming. It's all falling apart. They have money to spend next year. So why not, you know, give the extra money to someone for half a season? Give a prospect up. And push this year to beat somebody like the Dodgers, San Diego, when they have well, a shot. I, well, I feel like we're about to have a repeat podcast because the reason I'm not picking the Giants is because if all these guys are walking, you're gonna need those prospects to fill up these roster spots. 
No, no, no I get it. So if, if they're going to trade away to prospects to get one rental guy, then it almost feels like you're contradicting the whole game plan kind well, of thing. Well, no, because um, the Giants will have money on the books, so that I, I feel like they're they're capable of letting Brandon Crawford walk, which, and Brandon which Belt. I would. I would let Crawford walk. Maybe sign a Brandon Belt back, you know, sign Posey. You can't let Posey go. And then you sign one of these top shortstops that are getting on the free agent market. You know, why wouldn't you do that? If you were the Giants, you do something like that. Now, you know, Farhan is the, the, the president of baseball operations now. But, um, you know, I don't know what kind of spending capability they're going to have for the for the offseason. But they should be spending money. If they don't spend money, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Because they are competing at a very high level. Well, I mean, you pick the Giants, I pick the Dodgers. We'll talk about it again next week then. <laughs> yep. All right, so I got one more team that I want to talk about before we move on to um, different subjects. I have the dum dum dum. This is this is a team that you chose, and they are just disappointing like no other. It's the St. Louis Cardinals. They yeah, are in you a. Say you chose. They, they are in a series against the Giants, and they are not looking so great. What you got on them? That the Cardinals are winning two to zero right now as we speak. Wow. And Kevin Guzman was pitching today too. He was um, doing he was doing good, so it had to be against the bullpen. So all that I can say about the Cardinals is maybe they are a pitcher or two away from recontending, but Milwaukee is not doesn't seem like they're slowing down. So this is what Milwaukee won 11 in a row and St. Louis was going the opposite way. That's not good. They're they're second to last place behind Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh doesn't even count right now in MLB, so it doesn't really matter. Um but St. Louis locked remember, St. Louis lost flattery. So if they could get him back and like just go get another pitcher, maybe they can make a good run. But as we said it before, and we'll say it again, if you are not in the National League West, you better win your division. Even if Flattery comes back, and let's just say the Cardinals go get another pitcher. Now, I'm not saying Max Scherzer style caliber. Is it enough to dethrone Milwaukee when they have those three guys pitching for you on that freaking, you know, rotation that just throws nothing but strikes because if you don't win if you, they don't win the central th- there's no playoffs so they have they have a good they have a big mountain to climb if they want to make some damage this year okay you trade but, you trade you trade for Goldschmidt you trade for Arenado you you make these moves that are very high caliber moves these are not small moves because you want to win you want to be able to compete every year do you slow down in the middle of a season or do you continue to pursue in hopes of becoming 
the winner of the central or do you just slow down and maybe hopefully you guys catch fire and in the off season you would readjust and make sure you guys are ready for 2022 i think that's exactly what they should do is get ready for 2022 you got a renato he's not going anywhere neither is goldsmiths but you know who was going somewhere most likely probably molina and wainwright remember they signed one year deals are they going to re-sign both of them again? I don't know. But let's just say they don't. You lose Molina, true. But, you know, we all knew there's going to be a certain time where he's no longer going to be there. And maybe that's what 2022 is about. Start off fresh with the new face. Maybe that's why Renato is there, the new face of the Cardinals. Go look for another pitcher or two, right? You have You have Reyes closing it down. So you got some good pieces. The only problem is Milwaukee has three starters that would be aces in your team right now. So, you know, you got to understand who's on top of you and what do you got to do to beat them? Because you got to win the division first before you try to be like, okay, how are we going to win the World Series? No, win the division first. How can we beat Milwaukee and those three guys up there? And that's... I guess that would be the mentality going in into the offseason for the Cardinals. Now, we are counting them out. Like, if they're out, we don't know exactly what they're going to do. They might just go on another hot streak like everybody else does when nine, ten games in a row. Next thing you know, they're three games behind Milwaukee. But uh, we're talking about as we speak right now. They shouldn't slow down. But they should be ready for 2022. More like, kind of like similar to the Seattle Mariners, if I could put it that way. How we kind of talked about them. Like, they're not they're not down. They're just not quite there yet. Figure out what you need and go fill up those holes. It's just, it's just sad watching a team struggle so much um, because of one player. As soon as, as soon as a flattery went down, like, it felt like St. Louis... Um, you know, somebody punched uh, the air out of them. And then they started slowly going down. And I think, I think you know, depending on just one pitcher or one offensive hitter, it, it kind of sucks. It kind of sucks for the team. It kind of sucks for the organization, for the fans. Like, not being able to rely on, on your whole team, just like one player. And I'm not saying Jack Flattery was the guy that held it together. I'm just saying it just seemed like after he went down, it kind of fell apart. You know, and I mean, it is what it is. Even if they win 10 games in a row, that just puts them at a record that Milwaukee's in right now. You know, and and that's saying that Milwaukee loses 10 games in a row. So it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of hard for me to see it. But you're right. I don't think this should sell off anybody. I think they should just be ready for 2022. Um, But talking about teams on alert. When it comes to trading, because remember, trading season is on the horizon. It's here already, but the trades actually start happening. The major trades start happening in the near, I would say, next two weeks. Um, I got two teams. The Mets, and I think we all understand that the Mets are in it to win it because they're in first place. And they want to hold on to that. The Braves are creeping. But at the end of the day, the Mets understand that they need a couple upgrades. What they're going to upgrade, we don't know. They might go crazy and get three good pieces somewhere. 
Um, and the other team is the White Sox. Now, in the White Sox situation, I don't think they're at the same thing in the same place as the Mets. The Mets are trying to keep their division and make it into the playoffs, winning the division. The White Sox, I think they're getting ready for the playoffs because their team is good enough to win the division with what they have now. I think they're just getting ready, bolstering up what they have in order to be the best team possible moving into the playoffs. What do you think they need? The White Sox? Yeah. Well, what can, what can, okay, sorry, sorry. Let, let me rephrase this question real quick. A lot of people are saying that the Houston Astros are the top team in the American League right now. Okay. Right now, though, right? Yes. We don't know. What do you think the White Sox can go and get? That would unanimously say it's the White Sox pennant to lose. Honestly, I think it's offense. I think they need some offense. And and we we talked about it last week how they lost uh, Roberts, they lost Eloy Jimenez, and these are guys that they were depending on to be there this year to to have one of the best offenses in the American League. Now, with them going down and you know a couple injuries here and there, uh, Jose Abreu he's not. He's not doing what he did last year. He's not the MVP, Jose Abreu. But he is one of those guys that's in the middle of the lineup that that's going to punch in runs, right? He's a good RBI machine. Um, but I think they need another bat. I need They need some offense. Their pitching, I think, is great. Their bullpen is it has the veterans that they need. They picked up Liam Hendricks in the offseason. And they do have a couple rookies in the bullpen that are, that are strong arms. They have strong arms back there, but, you know, they have to kind of work their way into becoming a solid bullpen. Now, I think if the White Sox need to be aggressive, I think they get a veteran relief arm and they get a solid, I'm talking about really good offensive piece. They cannot go over and get a utility guy. They need somebody very strong over there and on offense because these guys that are hurt are not going to come back anytime soon. And I think if they, they get those pieces, I think they'll be just fine in order to compete against the, the Astros, against Tampa Bay, against uh, Boston. I think they'll be good to, good, good to go. Okay. Now, you keep saying bat. Left-handed, yes. right-handed, DH position. Um, I think they need a, a, not a specific position. Um, I think they're maybe maybe an infielder. I would say an infielder. Um, you know, they have Jose Abreu at first. They have Tim Anderson at short. Um, I think an infielded bat of, I would say, either one, lefty or righty. I don't think it's it's specific to what what they have. But I think so, just... So, so somebody like Nelson Cruz would not fit them good. Well, he's at the H. Um, can he fit in there? Yes. I mean, Nelson Cruz, I think, could fit anybody, right? I think in the American League, if he's a DH, I mean, how can you go wrong with one of the best DHs since Big Poppy, right? And I think that's a good one. I, I never even thought of Nelson Cruz, honestly. I forgot. He's I over mean, there with the it would be. Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. They are in the same division, but it doesn't seem like the Twins are going to do something. And they only signed them once again. They were signed for one year. You might as well get something back in return, right? Even if you trade him to the White Sox. You know, 
get some prospects. Maybe deplete their system to upgrade yours. You know, I, I don't know. But you have the opportunity to trade somebody. And the White Sox need a bat. Nelson Cruz. I mean, actually, I'm, not, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's a win-win, but I actually really, no joke, like I really like the Nelson Cruz pick. Like I didn't even think about it. Um, but you know, another thing too is, is that that the White Sox picked up Billy Hamilton, right? And he's in the outfield now. Billy Hamilton's glove has always kind of been there, right? His speed, because of his, his you know, his speed, he's able to track down balls a little better than most. But I don't think that's strong enough at the same time. So maybe picking up someone from the outfield in um, Charlie Blackman. You know, he might be a little expensive. Charlie. You got a left-handed bat, a veteran bat, and you throw him in the outfield. Because Billy Hamilton can't hit. We all know that. Or else he would have he would have been solid on any team he would have stayed on because of his speed. But they need someone strong. And I think maybe someone... Like Charlie Blackman would work. Nelson Cruz or Charlie Blackman? Honestly, I think I would go for Nelson Cruz instead. No, no, for sure. Offensively, Nelson Cruz is a better offensive hitter. But I'm thinking more of um, why have a gaping hole with Billy Hamilton in the lineup when when you could throw someone in there to play defense and hit the ball. You know, pick up both. As a matter of fact, have Billy Hamilton as a pinch runner. As a defensive swap towards the late of the game. But then, in that case, why not go get, just go get Trevor Story? Well, because he's a shortstop. First of all, they have Tim Anderson. Um, I know Trevor Story wouldn't have say, right? Because he doesn't. It's not a contract. This is contract year. So, you know, if they want to put him say to second base, then he would have to do it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you don't. You don't move somebody like Derek Jeter over to second just because you have a shortstop already. Like, that kind of doesn't make too much sense. But, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, people do some crazy stuff. I mean, Machado did it, right? Well, yeah, but Machado was a little easier because he's, he was going from third to short and going from short to third. I think it's a little bit different. But considering that it was just a perfect fit, you know, it, it was a no-brainer. Let me ask you a question. Who do you move? Say they do get somebody like Trevor Story. Who do you move? Tim Anderson or Trevor Story to second? Anderson. But Tim Anderson is um, the the modern-day Jackie Robinson. How do you move Jackie Robinson over to second? Because Jackie Robinson plays second? <laughs> <laughs> that was an easy question. Touche, touche. <laughs> So, yeah, other than that, um, you know, July to me is my favorite month of the year. Okay. For, for all types of reasons. All types of reasons. One, I was born in July. That's always a good thing. Okay. Second of all, as soon as it gets, like... July 10th to July 15th all of a sudden everybody's checking their MLB trade rumors app 
news starts coming up. People start selling. People start buying. Moves are being made. Notifications are on high alert. Every time, I don't know about you, but every time I get a notification and I see the MLB app logo, like I'm like, oh, what happened? What happened? What happened? It is going to be fun. And not only that, I'm looking at the calendar right now, and it looks like the 31st is on Saturday. So that's that's also um, yeah. I forgot the last time uh, uh, the 31st landed on a Saturday. Yeah. But yeah, so we literally have. Let me see. If I look at my calendar, we have three weeks. Three weeks and like five days for this to go down and figure out what everybody wants to know. Where's Trevor Story going? Where's Max Scherzer going? Where's all these Cubs going to do? What are the White Sox going to get? You know, and this is probably, if not one of the most funnest times about baseball is the fact that people are changing uniforms. And believe it or not, some trades go under the radar so much that you don't even notice it until like three years from now. And that's 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 the fun part that you don't even realize. Everybody's so concerned about Oh, the, the, the White Sox just got Trevor Story. But that's all they talked about was the White Sox getting Trevor Story. But yeah. what about the players that went, you know, to Colorado? Or, you know, obviously in this scenario, what about those players? Right? Now, I'm going to put myself out there and say one of the most underrated picks that I think happened and nobody is really talking about it. And when I saw this trade and I looked up this kid, for some reason, I think is going to benefit the team that traded away the player. And this is the trade that happened last year. It was when the Dodgers traded away Ross Stripling to get just another pitcher in return. To me, this is a very underrated pick trade that happened that the Dodgers may have won this one without Toronto realizing. But this is what happens when you give up a prospect just because you need something to take it to the next level. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So I think two or maybe three years from now, or maybe less, depending, that this prospect that the Dodgers got in return might be doing some good things. Well, they got two I'm players, right? Go I'm talking about the pitcher, the main pitcher that they got. You're talking about um, Kendall Williams? Is that his name? Because he sounds like somebody there's else. Two, there's two. There's two players that they got for Stripling from the Blue Jays. They got Ryan Noda, uh, but he's a he's an outfielder, first baseman. And then they got Kendall Williams, which was a player to be named later. 
He's a right-handed yeah, it pitcher. Was, yeah, it was a pitcher. Kendall Williams, right-handed pitcher. He, he, you know, considering his, um, obviously, prospects, you never know. Yeah. Just because you throw 99 doesn't mean you're going to make it. But something about this pitcher, reading what scouts were saying, all that kind of stuff, it was like, to me, it just seemed weird that Toronto would give away a guy like that and be okay with it. I I, I don't know. Like, like I said, one of the, trades like this happen all the time where teams need something and they kind of be like, okay, cool, take that. And at least we get what we not for this year. So trades like that happen. Those are my favorite ones. See what happens two years from now, right? Even even during the off season, you know, since we're talking about trades, even in the off season, when the Chicago chittered away Tatis Jr. Yeah. For James Shields. Nobody thought Tatis Jr. was going to become the player he was today. If you look at the prospects list, he was not really up there. He developed into the player he became, but he was not that player. So, like I said, under the radar trades, don't forget about the small names. Don't just worry about the big names. Especially the direction that that organizations are taking nowadays. Like, these are the ones that you should look at, especially if your organization is making them. Yeah. Um, but talking about trades and, and you know, this season, we're, we were going to actually go into the All-Star game, right? We were... We were trying to go into there, and I told you we were going to start talking about the All Star game. And yes, let's and, talk and about I, the All Stars. Honestly, I don't want to talk about the game itself. I want to talk about a couple things that I personally want to talk about. I have a player that's in the All Star game that I personally think should not be there, and then there's a, another player that I think got what do you what do you call that when you're supposed to be there? Snubbed. Yeah, more than that, and also. Okay, let me just go into it. How about that? All right, go ahead. Go. Okay. And this so happens to be, because I looked at, I'm looking at the National League uh, roster, and obviously besides the fact that, that, um, that, uh, what's his name? Mike Trout made the All-Star team, right? The starting rotation, I mean, the starting lineup, as a matter of fact, that alone gets me angry, Right. Like, how is it that somebody that's hurt is in the starting lineup over over all these other guys that are still playing day in, day out? I get it. It's for the fans and the fans vote. I get it. But that makes no sense to me. That actually makes me angry. Um, but I want to talk about the National League roster. And Mookie Betts should not be an all-star. Mookie Betts does yes. not deserve to be an all-star. They're... He, he does not have the stats to be an all-star. Now, if he got voted in by fans, same thing like Mike Trout. These are Think about this really quick. These two guys, Mike Trout and Mookie Betts, should not be in the all-star game. But yet, these are the two guys that are have been... They have the best war in the past, what, five years. These two guys. But they should not be in the all-star game this year. But they are. Just because fans voted for them. But as a fan, why would you vote for someone based off of popularity you should vote for them because they are an all-star all-star means they're at the best player and the best player gets to go to the all-star game all right listen to, listen let's, let's digress on that 
Um, but the other player that I'm more angry about is... First, I'm going to talk about the player that's there, that's in the All-Star game, and the player that didn't. I'll talk about after. Ready? So, Herman Marquez. He is a starter that's going to make it to the All-Star game. And I don't know why he's in the All-Star game. I don't know why he... He, he's in the All-Star game, I think, based off the fact that he's from Colorado and the, the game is being hosted in Colorado. And that's the reason why he's in the All-Star game. And that just pisses me off when you have a pitcher, like the one I'm about to announce, and another Dodger in Walker Buehler. How is it that a player that has the stats that Walker Buehler has is not in the All-Star game? And you look at every other starting pitcher, Woodruff, Wheeler, Rogers, Guzman, DeGrom, Darvish, Burns. These are all deserving starters. But then you look at Marquez, and what is he doing there? When you have a pitcher like Walker Buehler that didn't make the All-Star team. And these are the kind of things that make me not even want to watch the All-Star game. Because it makes no sense to watch Mike Trout be a starter when he didn't play. That's what I think. Because remember, a casual fan wants to see a popular player. But as me, as me I'm not a casual fan. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a guy that watches baseball every single day, 24-7. I'm watching or learning about baseball. And why would I want to see a player that didn't play all season? Well, let me start from the beginning. Uh, no, Mookie Betts should not be an all-star. Because he didn't play like one. Hands down, right? When I found out that he was going to be an all-star, I'm just like, here we go again. Another fan voting all-star. Yeah. Then I saw that Mike Trout wasn't starting. I was like, what in the world is going to... Do people not know that he can't play? <laughs> that he hasn't played in how long already? Yeah. Like a month and a half, maybe? It's like, how are these guys being voted? I have nothing against Mookie Betts, nor I have nothing against Mike Trout. I guarantee you, if you ask them personally, they'll tell you, I am not an all-star. But, you know, this is baseball. The regu- regular cliches is, you know, I, I, I will play hard and I, I practice every day. And, you know, but if the fans want me there, I'll be there and I'll give them a show. That's exactly what they're going to say. But in reality, they know. They know deep down that they shouldn't be there. Um, I know you also mentioned Marquez. Um, I can name probably like 10 other starters that are better than Marquez. Um, you know... I think it has something to do with the fact that he is from Colorado and they wanted somebody to pitch from Colorado. But then they realized, wait a minute, Colorado has no pitchers. So let's just pick one. And it just happens to be Marquez. Now let's not say either that... How can I put it? Some guys are not going to be eligible to play or pitch. So this is where the reserves of the reserves come in. You know, Walker Buehler may still make it because of that reason. Um, there is another. There's also one more guy that you forgot to mention that I, I figured I'll mention is okay. 
Freddie Freeman being the starter when there's clearly another first baseman that's technically this year twice as good. Who? That's Max Muncy. If you look at the stats, if you look at the total war accumulated, everything, Max Muncy is as twice as good as a ball player this year than Freddie Freeman. But once again, fan vote. They all wanted Freddie Freeman to be there, even though he does not deserve to be the starter. Well, well, in in, in the sense of Freddie Freeman, um, I, I see what you're saying. But see, in this case, I'm okay with this, right? Uh, because the fans did have an opportunity to vote for either Max Muncy or Freddie Freeman. Now, in this case, Freddie Freeman and their fans backed them up. Now, if you do look at their stats, then I, I do understand what you're saying. Uh, Max Muncy's stats, to me, are better. But Freddie Freeman's stats are not bad. They're good enough to be a starter over Max Muncy if if you really push the case for him, right? And I think that's where the fan votes are where it comes into play. And th- and in situations like this, I'm okay with it because. So you're saying so you're saying a batter that have played at the caliber and accumulated 2.0 WAR is should start over a player that has accumulated 4.0 WAR. No, no, no. I'm not saying that Freddie Freeman did better than Max Muncy. Yes. Max but you Muncy said, but you said, player. but you said that he's with his stats, he's deserving to be a starter. He he can be a starter. Freddie Freeman can be a starter as a first baseman, if if you chose to or you made an argument for him. I guess you can, you know, make a case. I guess or at least deserves to to be looked at as a starter. Now, is he the starter over Max Muncy based off stats? No, but I'm saying that he's okay to be starting based off votes because his stats are not as bad as some of these other guys that are getting put into the All-Star game with the stats they have. Does that make sense? Like, you look at Marquez stats, you look at Bueller stats, and there's no reason why Marquez should be there over Bueller. Like, no reason. You cannot give me one reason why he should be there. Not one. But if you look at well, Freddie yeah. Freeman and Max Muncy, yeah. you can well, you there's... can make a couple cases. Not He doesn't win, but you can say, okay, he's good enough to be there at least. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, to be honest, it sounds like we're just complaining about it. Yeah, I guess but... so. I mean, I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's just... At the end of the day, unless they change this ruling, this is going to be every year. And we knew this going in. We knew this going in. Yeah, I know. But now that we know who it is, now we can start pointing out some names because ESPN ain't going to do it. Nope. Um, They're going to say Marquez is is deserving. That's going to be so cool for him to pitch in front of course. But then it's not even about, you know, Marquez because Marquez, he made it. Okay, fine. He's going to get to pitch in front of course. That's cool, right? For Marquez, that's cool. His family, that's cool. But you look at somebody like Walker Bueller, and now it's like, oh, he didn't get it now. You know, like just because, just because it's at Coors Field, like that kind of, that kind of is, is not right. What if it was at Atlanta? You know how they switched it, right? Who would you have chosen in Atlanta? That means Marquez would have not made it. That means somebody from Atlanta would have made it. Most likely, Max Free. See, but that makes no sense. That makes no sense, right? 
Anyways. Well, I mean, <laughs> as long as the fan is voting, every year we're going to have the discussion. Different players, different names, guys that are superstars that nobody knows are going to be sitting out resting for three days because the fans don't even know. And, um, but anyways, um, but yeah, I'm still going to, I'm still going to watch the All-Star game. I'm still going to watch the Home and Derby. I'm, yeah, so. Yeah, I'm one of those angry fans that, want, but. that's what I'm saying. I'm one of those angry fans that complains about it, but I'm still going to watch it. I mean, yeah. I haven't, I haven't stopped watching baseball. Plus, since. not only that, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until the final, final results come in you know because people are ineligible and all that kind of stuff or they just oh, have yeah. to pitch and so i'm gonna wait until that so yeah. i mean i'm pretty sure walker bueller's next in line to come in after someone's ineligible you know yeah. um but but still it, it's still but you that, didn't it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, yeah yeah of course but you know um i'm pretty sure dave roberts talked to him maybe the front office and dodgers organization talked to him and say hey I know how this feels, but you're most likely going to be in there, you know, so. Yes, if we're winning by seven to losing by seven, you're going to pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Um, anything else? No, I think that's going to do it for this podcast. Um, this was another another fun one, and, and there was a couple more subjects I wanted to get to, but um, unfortunately we're not going to be able to. Um, hopefully we get to it next podcast, and um, we'll be right there with you guys. Yep. Uh, rate us five stars, if you please, here on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify. Give us a good rating, five stars, if you please, would be best. And also, you can give us a follow on our Instagram at PintarPod, Pintar Nation. Uh, you can leave us a comment as well. Uh, DM us anything you would like for us to discuss or any questions you may have that we can answer here on the podcast as well. And pretty much, that's pretty much it. All right. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you on the next one. Peace out. All right. Peace.